Wonderful. Well, it's great uh, to see you this morning, particularly if, if it's your first time with us. You are so welcome, whether you've been to church before, or maybe this is the first time for years, or never. Or maybe you've just returned after we've had a break uh, with all the lockdown. Thank you so much for being with us. And if you're watching online as well, you're so welcome. And uh, my name's Steve Whittington, and I help uh, lead Jubilee Church. However, actually, in the near future, my wife and I are moving to Birmingham to start a new church like this there. We came 15 years ago, and uh, we've seen incredible things, what God has done uh, in this city, and we're going to go and do it again and see churches established right across Birmingham. Initially, we're going to be moving to King Standing. Unfortunately, those of you who may have seen the news recently, a 14-year-old black boy was murdered there, and that's where we're going to be living. And we really want to be salt and light in that community, but we're going to be planting just along the road in a place called Great Bar, which is in the north of Birmingham. So we're very excited about going. Uh, we're also very sad and very nervous uh, as we follow God's call. So please continue uh, to pray for us on this faith journey. Well, over the past uh, few Sundays, we've been looking at what are the values of Jubilee Church. Who are we? What do and should we look like as a church community? Because all different churches have different flavors, different feelings, different cultures. I don't know if you've heard of Thomas Edison. Hands up if you've heard of Thomas Edison. Well, Thomas Edison was an incredible inventor. If you look up at the light, these light bulbs are broken up here. Um, but the light bulbs are broken. He invented, the, one of the things he invented was the, the light bulb. And when he was developing the light bulb, it actually took hundreds of hours initially to manufacture a single bulb. And one day, after finishing creating this bulb, he handed it to a young iron boy and asked him to take it upstairs to the testing room. As the boy turned and went up the stairs, he stumbled and fell, and the bulb shattered into pieces on the steps. Instead of rebuking the boy, Edison reassured him. Then he turned to his staff and told them, we're going to start working on another bulb. Now, when it was completed again several days later, Edison walked over to the same boy, handed him the bulb and said, please take this up to the testing room. Well, this morning we're going to be looking at the value that Jubilee is a second chance family. Imagine how that boy must have felt, firstly, when he dropped the light bulb. Embarrassed, ashamed, a failure. He knew that he didn't deserve to be trusted with this responsibility again. How could he be given the same job again? But there was Edison who said, Here, boy, here's the bulb. Take it back upstairs to the testing room. Imagine how nervous he would have felt. But I can assure you of this. He would have felt restored, loved, accepted, and trusted. See, the light bulb was being offered to him again by Edison as though nothing had already happened. 
And as Catherine Schwann says in her book, she says this, Edison's gracious action restored this boy to the team clearly, quickly, and fully. That's what God wants for us. He wants to restore us to his team, to his service, clearly and fully. And that, I think, is a beautiful picture, and an illustration as what Jubilee wants to be like. We are a second chance church family. See, maybe you failed. Maybe you've let others down. Maybe you've deliberately done things wrong. Maybe you've just made mistakes. You may feel embarrassed, ashamed, feel like you can't do it again, feel like a failure. Well, in Jubilee, we want those who feel like that to be given a second chance. In fact, multiple chances. Why is that? Because we know who our God is. God is patient and is giving us second chances. Not just one, but continual second chances. Psalm 86, verse 15 says this. says it so well. But you, O Lord are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadless love and faithfulness. Micah 17 verse 18 says this, Who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. Our God is a God who delights to show mercy and compassion and love and grace to each one of us, to every one of us. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. God delights in showing mercy. And of course, we see that most powerfully in God's offering up his only son, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of our sins, our wrongdoing. As Peter explains in 1 Peter 2.24, Christ himself bore our sin. That means he took our sin upon himself in his body on the cross so that we might die to our own sins and live for righteousness, i.e. live a right life. By his wounds, you have been healed. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, sent from heaven to earth. He lived the sinless life. And he died the most gruesome death on a cross that we should have received, that we should have been punished for, to offer us a second chance to know God himself, a chance to have forgiveness for all our wrongdoing, a clear conscience, a place with him for all eternity something that we cannot earn, but is a free gift we can receive. We all deserve death. We deserve punishment for the things we've done wrong. In fact, eternal punishment. Hell, the Bible describes it as. But through Jesus Christ, we're offered a totally new way of living, a totally new life, a forgiveness of sins. Incredible mercy and grace is offered to us. Maybe for some of us, listening in the room or online. You've never received this gift. You've heard about Jesus, but you've never received the forgiveness, the free gift that he offers. 
You have that opportunity to receive that gift today. You can ask God for forgiveness. You can choose to turn away from your old way of living for yourself and turn your life around and begin to follow the way that God wants you to, to follow Jesus. And as you do that, what happens is the Bible says this. As you receive this gift, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new has come. See, that is incredible news. When you become a Christian, all is made new. The slate is wiped clean. At the age of 13, that's what I did in a school classroom, surrounded by just a small group of people. I asked Jesus to forgive me for my sin, my wrongdoing. I asked that I might receive this free gift of eternal life. And it changed my life forever. But do you know what? Even as Christians, even though that is a truth and reality, the Bible says you've gone from darkness into light. It's a total transformation. But we can easily even forget as Christians this incredible grace and mercy of God, particularly when we fail, when our lives don't match up to what we know God wants for us. You know, we can write ourselves off. We can feel, I'm not good enough. That maybe God loves and wants to use other people, but he doesn't really want to use me. I've messed up. I've let God down again. I've given in to that addiction. We feel weak. We feel we're not adequate. You know, I love what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.27. It says this. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Who feels weak sometimes? (laughs) God chooses the weak. Those who realize I can't do it by myself. God chooses the weak, not the strong. The Bible is full of weak people who God still chose to use. Even when they fail, he gives them a second chance. I don't know if you saw in the news in the last couple of days about a guy who was swallowed by a whale. Did anybody see that? It's an incredible story. If not, go home and look it up or watch the news again. But there's also a story in the Bible, about a guy who was swallowed by a big fish. His name was Jonah. And Jonah was called by God. And it says this in the beginning of Jonah. It says this, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. He said, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. So God gave him a mission, something to do. But what did Jonah do? He said he ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went in a different direction. He didn't listen to God. He went in a different direction. He ran away from God's call. He failed. But did God give up on him? Absolutely not. God allowed him to be thrown into the sea. And he was swallowed by a great fish. And then God allowed him then to be puked up. Not into the sea, but safely onto the dry land. He was delivered. He was delighted, but probably felt totally disqualified. Did God say, oh, forget it. I'm going to use somebody else to go to that city. Absolutely not. We find these wonderful words in Jonah 3, verse 1. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. 
The word came to Jonah a second time. What an incredible statement that is. See, we would have written Jonah off. It's like, well, surely God will use somebody better than him. He's already gone away from God, you know. God, surely find another prophet to use. But God doesn't abandon him. He brought his prophet right back to his original plan, back to where he had left off. See, God's grace always is this. It says, come back, not to a different word, but back to my original word to you. I will pick you up. I'll reinstate you to my original purpose because that's what I've wanted all along. See, God doesn't adjust his command in order to accommodate Jonah. His word will be obeyed as originally given. He gave Jonah a second chance. Doesn't that encourage you? (laughs) Maybe God's spoken to you. He's told you to do something. He's told you to live a different way and you have failed and you've let down. For some of us, we've run away from the call of God. For some of us, we've backslidden. We've stepped back. We've made all sorts of excuses. But the reality is we've run away from God. But do you know what? God comes to us. (laughs) God speaks to us again. He calls us again. He speaks to us again. And he says, you're my child. You belong to me. Come back to me and do what I've called you to do. Because God has purpose for each of us. Phil read from Psalm 139. The Bible says he knit us together in our mother's womb. God has designed us. He knows us. And he has called us. And he has purpose for each one of us. In his kingdom. And throughout the Bible, we read of broken people who God has chosen and who have heard from him a second time. We have Abraham. He was unable to wait for God to give him a child as promised by his wife Sarah. So instead, he produced a son through her maid Hagar. He went to another woman so he could have this promised child. That's it, we would have said. He's blown it. God's not going to use him now. But 13 years later, Abraham heard God's voice again. He says this in Genesis 17, 19. Your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son. And a year later, the promise was fulfilled. Then there was Moses. Moses, the one who eventually parted the Red Sea and released God's people from captivity. And ultimately, they were led into the promised land. See, God said to Moses, Moses said, I'll deliver Israel. God promised that to Moses. He said, yes, I'll do it. But then what did he do? He then killed an Egyptian and ran for his life. Forty years later, God called him again. And Moses brought the people of God out of bondage, just as God had intended. How about the incredible person of King David, one of Israel's greatest kings. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart, yet he committed adultery and as good as murdered the woman's husband. There was Rahab. She was a prostitute, and yet she was used by God by helping the Israelites defeat the pagan city of Jericho. Peter, of who Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church. He came to the point of denying Jesus, cursing Jesus. I don't know him. However, he wasn't overlooked from that time on. 
God's word came to Peter a second time. Jesus says, do you love me? And then on the day of Pentecost, who was standing there preaching the gospel, telling the good news to which 3,000 people responded? Yes, Peter. Each of these and dozens of men and women in the Bible, they stand as monuments of God's incredible grace. Therefore, you and I are not discounted by God when we fail, when we are weak. We are saved by God's grace. We're kept strengthened by God's grace. We're glorified by grace. And this truth then should cause us to people who are quick then to demonstrate this grace to everyone around us. Believing no ever what happened in the past, God has a plan for each one of us. Just as God is patient and forgiving to us, he wants us as a church community here at Jubilee to be patient with and forgiving of others. Colossians 3.12 says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. See, just as God is in the business of giving second chances, he wants us, his people, to do the same. You know, in fact, Jesus explains that forgiving others is tied, actually, often to our own forgiveness. Jesus said, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father won't forgive your sins. Ephesians 4, verse 32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. As God's people, we are to offer second chance opportunities because each of us have been given that by God himself. The book of Proverbs even speaks of the advantage of unlocking second chances. It says this in Proverbs 19.11, it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. There's incredible blessing as we overlook offenses. Sometimes we are offended. Sometimes we are the offender. Often it's 50-50. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes we are offended by all kinds of things. But it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. Because that unforgiveness, that bitterness just eats us up. Makes us cynical. Makes us ultimately walk away from God and his purposes. You know, the apostle Peter once came to Jesus and asked him, how many times should you forgive somebody who sins against you? Surely seven times would be enough, Peter thought. But Jesus says, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. See, Jesus is not saying that holding somebody accountable is wrong. Rather, he uses this picture language to convey the idea of continual forgiveness and acceptance and grace and love. God's people are to give a second chance as often as people will need to receive it. Giving somebody a second chance means we give them another opportunity to earn our trust. Now, sometimes that doesn't mean we instantly forget what experience has taught us. Trust is often earned over time. But we can be a loving community. We can have forgiving hearts that also practices wise protection over our lives. You know, when we've wronged somebody, we have no right to demand another chance. But we should work to earn another chance by a continual demonstration of repentance and change. 
And by walking alongside those who need a second chance, we can bring God's healing and love into their lives and into our communities. That's who Jubilee wants to demonstrate who we are. We're a church of second chances. We continue to love and accept people, even when they let us down, even at times when they take advantage of us, even at times when they hurt us, whether that's in the community or sometimes the brother and sisters that we walk alongside. God wants us to release forgiveness, to receive forgiveness, to follow him. Jubilee, I believe, is beautiful because we are this second chance family. People who were once written off, discarded by others, sometimes even discarded by other church communities, are now being used by God to serve us. Let us encourage, embrace, love one another. Let us be quick to forgive, ready to let somebody take our place and position in order to see them elevated. See, God is wanting to release weak people to be strong among us, to fulfill their calling in order to see that all of us are encouraged and built up. If you're a leader in Jubilee Church, that is your responsibility. It's to release people into the gifting that God has called them to be. And sometimes they're going to go ahead of you. Sometimes people are going to step ahead of you. Are you willing to show grace and mercy, even though you think, I don't think they've earned it. I don't think they're as good as maybe my gifting. But we're a second chance family. We're going to release them because it's God's mercy and grace that the weak say, I am strong because of what the Lord will do in their life. As we finish, I want to consider what's our response. I think many of us feel like the very first illustration that I used of that boy who broke the light bulb. We've fallen over. (laughs) We've smashed the light bulb. We feel ashamed. And God this morning is wanting to put another light bulb in our hands. He's willing to give us a second chance. He's willing to call us again. Would the band like to come up? See, like Jonah, he had failed. But Edison called him again. God called Jonah again. And as Jonah was called again, what was his response? The Bible says this. It said, Jonah went according to to the word of the Lord. And that's what God wants from us this morning, to go according to his word. And have you messed up? Have you been resisting God? Get back then in the line with the word of God. God is gracious. God is full of mercy and kindness. And he wants to use you. Jonah did that. Let's just stand together, shall we, if you're able to stand. Whether you're at home or watching online, I think it's so important to respond to God. If it helps you, it does often mean when I pray, I just hold my hands out to God. Say, God, come and help me. Because I, I just feel a physical thing, you know, like that light bulb. As I pray, God's going to put promises back into your hands. God's going to give grace back into your hands. God's going to extend his mercy. The word of the Lord's going to come to you and say, here we go again. You may have failed. You may feel ashamed. For some of us, we're already on that journey and we're tentatively shaking with the light bulb. But God's giving us that confidence. You're going to take that light bulb and you're going to go and do the purposes and plans that I've called you to do. 
because you're part of a second chance family here at Jubilee and we want to release you into all that God has for you. So if you know that you need that confidence, that fresh faith, that second chance, just reach out your hands to him. And right now into your hands, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and fill each one of us. Give us that light bulb right into our hands now. Holy Spirit, come upon us. The promises of God, the calling of God into our lives. God calls us again. No matter where you've failed, whether you've let down, you feel ashamed, you've tried it already. Maybe you've been away from the Lord, away from his community. God says, I'm giving you that opportunity again. Take it. <laughs> Take it. God is gracious and loving. He wants to use you. And for those of us that are part of this community here at Jubilee, God says, what are you called to do? How are you called to serve? How are you called to step up? Just receive. I just speak to those lives who are filled with shame. I speak to those lives who feel cast off. I pray now for the love of God, the mercy of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, a recommissioning into the purposes of God. Amen.